All right, guys, welcome back to Revive School. Praise God, we've made it through the introduction. We're in Lesson 76, Psalms 96 and 97. You know, here's what I love about the Psalms. It really has been this week, you guys. I mean, it's a fair statement. There's been a ton of contradictions or like or, or tensions, you know, like yesterday was, hey, let's worship the Lord. And oh, by the way, don't live like your family, right? Don't do what your family did. And so yesterday, I don't know, I've just been processing it, even praying through uh, just even after we had a lesson, just talking about how you overcome a hard heart. You overcome a hard heart by listening to his voice. And it's it constantly, here, here's the deal, it's when you're focusing on him. And that's really what Psalm 96 is about. It's, it's a royal psalm. So Kevin, when we say a royal psalm. It's about a king or a queen or royalty. Yeah, royalty. King of the earth is a little subtitle. And so the focus is, it's like, man, it's a big deal. Because our phrase, you guys, that we've talked about for all of Psalms is the king of glory. And that's really what we're going to start talking about today. It's when you focus on him, it's a game changer. I mean, talking about like loneliness, anger, frustration, bitterness. It's like when you truly get your eyes off of yourself and you get it on the king of the glory, the king of the earth. It's kind of like everything changes. And so that's kind of what I want to walk through today. I want to emphasize kind of what, what this really looks like. And in fact, this is kind of a cool picture. John, uh, John MacArthur says this, this psalm, Psalm 96, anticipates kingdom praise. Here's the picture though. Like in, in verse one of Psalm 96, it, it's sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. It would be like Tom, Kevin, Rich, and Kyle all singing at the same time, which nobody wants that. But it's this image of like all of the nations are coming together to sing and to praise the Lord. Can you imagine this picture of people from Kosovo, people from Israel, people from Russia, people from Uganda, people from the United States, all of us coming to sing a new song? You got to wonder, what what does that look like? You think of that, that new song. Like, are they all coming together and they've all written something like, you know what I mean? Like, is it just because the spirit is prompting them? But my point is it's fresh. It's a new praise. It's a new time to worship the Lord. And we're going to do this all together. In fact, in Psalm 96, like this really is the emphasis. Psalm 96, verse three, look at this. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonderful works among the peoples. If you go to verse four, uh, look at this. For the Lord is great and is highly praised. Like this is the emphasis. Let's continue to praise him. All of us. All of us continue to praise him. And if you go to Isaiah two, Kevin, Isaiah two, verse two through four, there's this kingdom praise mentality. Look, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. All the nations will stream to it. Verse three. And many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways so that we may walk in his paths for instruction will go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And then in verse four, 
He'll settle disputes among the nations and provide arbitration for many peoples. They will turn their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nations will not take up the sword against other nations and they will never again train for war. It's kind of a cool picture of the nations coming together, singing a new song to the Lord. I think it would be actually hilarious. If we got people from China, people from Korea, people from Russia, people from Mexico, people from America, all trying to sing together. Do you know how many accents we would have? The Italians, the Germans, the French. It's like, what did he say? I just, I'm so excited about what this is going to look like because guess what? At some point it's going to happen. All of the nations are going to praise him. So let's just begin this process in the first uh First three verses, Wearsby says it pretty fun. He says, sing. <laughs> why? Because, this is why, the news is good. So everybody's coming together to sing. Verse two, it says, sing to Yahweh, praise his name, proclaim his salvation from day to day. You're like, did that just say that? Yeah, absolutely. We're coming to sing together. This, this proclaim his salvation from day to day. I mean, it truly is. Uh, it, it's a picture of genuine praise that includes the testimony to others of God's plan of redemption. In other words, uh, we're going to be preaching the good news. And let's do this through through song. This evangelize mentality, this good news, let's sing mentality That's what it's talking about in verse two. Sing to Yahweh, praise his name, proclaim his salvation from day to day. In in other words, Kevin, you know what it'd be like? Rich, I just feel a new song coming on for Kevin. It'd be like taking these five colors, Kevin, and turning this into a song. What do you you think, Rich? I think Josh is not here. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good comeback. (laughs) Valid point. Uh, Kevin, can you do me a favor? Can you go to John 4, verse 22, please? Thank you, Kevin. John 4, 22 says, You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because, here it is, salvation is from the Jews. And oh, by the way, this is the salvation that we're supposed to proclaim. This is the salvation that we're supposed to sing about. The salvation comes from the Jews. Rich, from a teacher standpoint, what does that mean? Salvation is from the Jews. Uh, he's referring to that we get our salvation through Jesus Christ, who is Jewish. Right. He came through a Jewish uh, lineage. Salvation comes from the Jews. That is worthy to sing about. That is worthy to proclaim. And in fact, Kevin, if you go to John 14, verse 6. So if this is the case, the salvation comes from the Jews. John 14, verse 6, it says this. Jesus told them, told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So salvation comes from the Jews. Now Jesus says, oh, by the way, that's me. If you know me, you also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him in John 14, 7. What an awesome picture, right? All throughout the New Testament, you're going to begin to see this understanding of salvation and us proclaiming. If you go to Acts 4, Kevin, verse 21. Let's not go to Acts 4.21, Kevin. Let's go to Acts 4.12. Scripture says this, in Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else. For there's no one, no other name under heaven given to people and we must be saved by it. 
yeah, but uh, I have a Muslim friend. Or I have a, a Hindu neighbor. Or, hey, I, you know, I have a, I have a Seventh-day Adventist person. Or you kind of name it. People twist and turn. I'm just going to tell you different messages. All I want to tell you is this. Is that, you ready for this? Jesus is God. And because God sent his son Jesus here on earth, Scripture says, as a Jewish person, Jesus, salvation comes from Jesus. And because salvation comes from Jesus, Acts 4 says, and there's salvation in nobody else. There's no other name under heaven given to people, and we must be saved by it. This is the message that we need to be singing. We need to be singing Acts 4.12. We need to be singing John 14.6. We need to be singing John 4.22. This is our message. And if at some point, this is the best part. The news is so good, all of the earth is going to be singing about this. Scripture says in verse 3, He declares glory among the nations. His wonderful works among all peoples. In fact, if you go to Psalm 67, please, Psalm 67. Psalm 67, it's kind of a bigger psalm in the sense of that's kind of where I want to go with this. But I'll never forget, John Piper used this uh, as a missions psalm, actually. And the scripture just says this, start in verse 1, Kevin. Uh, may God be gracious to us. Look on us with favor, Selah. Keeps going, so that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Continues on, let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. Scripture continues on in verse 4, let the nations rejoice. Here it is, look at that, and shout for joy. For you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. So here's that same language, you guys, of of Psalm 67, 4. Let the nations rejoice. They're shouting for joy because of who God is. And this message needs to go forth, which is exactly what we must be declaring in Psalm 96, verse 3. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonderful works among all peoples. In other words, this is truly a call for everybody, Jews and Gentiles, to worship him. And one day, fair statement, the message of God's mercy will be made known. In verse 2, when it talks about, I'm going to go back for a second. Uh, in verse 2, when it says, proclaim his salvation from day to day. This is kind of a cool picture here. Uh, that when Jesus reigns on earth, I'm going to say it again. All of the nations will come to Jerusalem to worship him. So the singing, it's a prophetic picture. It's a, a messianic psalm. It's a royal psalm of the king coming. And guess what? This is talking about the return of Christ. This is talking about Christ coming. And when he comes, all of the nations will bow down and worship him. That's a cool picture to me. Because when he came the first time, it didn't happen. Not everybody was starting to sing his praises, were they? Eventually, it will happen and you will start singing. The news is so good. Here's a simple question. You have to ask yourselves about like, hey, the gospel, which means good news. What's so good about it? If you can't answer what's so good about it, you should probably go back and begin to process how he's changed your life. Because when you realize how he's changed your life, honestly, uh, for me, you'll actually want to start singing about it. It's okay, Kevin, that you don't want to right now. It's different on camera and stuff. But my point is, is there should be this inner joy, this inner desire to actually proclaim his name. Maybe not through song, but we should want to proclaim him all the time. You know, I was at a 
our church, Dallas Bible Church, just this last weekend. And some of you guys heard this story, but, you know, we had our little booth about, it was, it was missions conference, right? And all the booths were set out, which means all these different missions agencies that our, our church incredibly supports, the individuals that they support, they're from all over the world. So here they are, and they are literally uh, telling people how they're proclaiming their message, his message of salvation, wherever they're at. And as we're standing there, I had Selah next to me, and she's got her little crutches on. And Jeff Newsom was just a booth down who's on our team. And these two, this two people, they, these individuals, they walk by, and they just, you just know when they just, you just stand there, you just kind of like, man, the Spirit is prompting you. It's what we go back to yesterday, right? listening to his voice, allowing him to direct your steps. And so I just walked up to this sweet couple and I just said, hey, are you guys new here? You know, kind of just what I knew where we were headed and what's going on. And yeah, my wife, she she said she's come here a couple of times just on the weekdays. I've never been here. And in his glasses, you guys, he had no, no earpiece. So it was just the frame in one of them. So Kevin, it'd be like you're missing the side of your glasses. And I, you know, for me, I just kind of call it the obvious, like, hey, what happened? He's like, well, we have kids. I, said, I get it. Enough said, right? And so in that process, I think I just want to encourage you guys. We, we began just to say, hey, I said, could I, could I proclaim this? Could I give this to you? And just, look, I know service is starting, but I really want to walk you through this. Could I explain to you these five verses? And he kind of looked at him and his wife kind of looked at him and they both looked up and they said, yeah, we'd, we'd love that. And so... Actually pulled out a little blue Bible. And here we are in the foyer of the church. He's come for the first time. She's been, I found out later, she's been praying for him. And Kevin, we just started walking through the gospel. And here's what I want to just say. People that are hesitant to share the gospel, there's all kinds of reasons why. One of them simply might be you're nervous. Would you agree, Kevin? I'm just, yeah. I'm not going to talk to somebody because I'm nervous about it. What would be another reason somebody wouldn't share? Uh, fear of rejection. Yeah. What? Usually it's focused. They're going to reject you. And like, they might not like what I say. They might not like how I say it, but Jesus clearly says if they reject you, it's because they're rejecting me. So you can run through all these filters or you can listen to the spirit of God. When you listen to the spirit of God as the shepherd, as he's your shepherd, then you're going to walk into this. So I'm walking into meeting with this sweet couple. We actually had him read through Romans 3.23. So, Kevin, if you'll go there. And I, I just want to do this because when we talk about singing the news is good, when we talk about the good news, I think it's only obvious that we actually talk about what the salvation is. What is the good news? Well, the good news is that everybody has sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. Well, that's not good. But in order to understand the good news, you got to have the bad news. And when I was talking to this young couple it was very apparent that sin was an issue. Not necessarily because they were struggling with something, but like they needed to get over like this hump of sin. They need to get through this lifestyle of something that needed to change. And so in order to sing the good news, guess what? You got to know what you're singing. When all of these nations are coming together, you want to know why they're coming together? Because somebody has actually articulated the gospel and delivered the message. So now they're on the same page, they're singing. And so that gets me so excited that eventually at some point, all will have had a chance to hear. It's because somebody's delivering the good news. And the good news is, is it starts with the bad news. Everybody is a sinner. And Kevin, if you would, I had that next couple, I had them go to Romans 6, 23. And so then the wife started to read and she read, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so we started talking about a job. He has a job. She doesn't have a job. And because of his working as an apartment, at a, as a maintenance man in an apartment complex, he earned his wage. 
So I just looked at the two of them. I said, hey, look, if we all sin, what do we earn? And they both go death. Yeah, so think about this. Sin leads to death. You can say, well, Kyle, I, I know this. I promise you, statistically, somebody that's listening does not know this news. And so here's what I love, is if we're talking about singing, and we're talking about the amazing good news, what are our lyrics? I would say the first chorus would be like, hey, everybody sins. Second chorus comes in and it says, hey, it's now it's become a bad country song. Well, my sin led to death. My sin led to death. Rich, join me. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> so like this is the second chorus. The chorus comes in and sin leads to death. That's what we're facing. And I said, but God can can break you from this cycle that you're in, this pattern that you're in. Sin leads to death. And I go, here's how he breaks it. And I had a friend come over as they were walking by and I just said, hey, what's the word demonstrates means? And Romans 5, 8 says, but God proves, God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And as my friend walked by, she just said, oh, she's like, he, uh, and she didn't know we were talking about Bible verses. She just was asking questions. She goes, oh, it's, a, it's an act or a display of something. And I said, isn't it cool that God knew that we were all going to have the sin and death issue, but God acted upon what he was feeling, his love for us, and he put his son Jesus on the cross. Christ died for us, so his love wipes off the sin and the death. Well, now we're starting to sing about some good news. Now this actually starts to make sense. I actually want to sing about God's love. I want to sing about what Christ did for me. Why? Because I don't have to deal with the sin and the death anymore. Can you imagine the Chinese, the Russians, the Iranians, the Americans, the Africans, uh, all of these cultures coming together and singing about his love? And oh, by the way, it's, it all points to him. This whole song points to him. And as I looked at this couple, I asked them, I said to the guy, I said, have you ever read any of this before? He said, man, I've never read this before. Nobody was singing, Kevin. But I was starting to feel it. <laughs> and so I said to him, I said, you guys want to keep going? Are you okay with this? And he said, yeah. So, so then the wife read Ephesians 2, 8, 9. So we've gone from sin and death to his love. For you are, it says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for you are saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is God's gift in verse 9. Not from work so that no one can boast. So the way that we are saved from sin and death is, has nothing to do, nothing to do with us being good. And I talked to him about that. I said, can you guys define good? Can you define it? Your good is different than your good. And everybody's good is different. And so it, it cannot be based on our standard or definition of good. It has to be based on one word, faith. Faith in what he did for us takes away the sin and the death. To me, when we write a little phrase, sing the news is good, you got to know what you're singing. And I keep going back to this because I'm, I'm convinced sometimes I love how worship is in the American church, but sometimes what happens is, is we usher this presence of the Lord in, but we don't, we don't even know what we're singing sometimes. Maybe our mind isn't there. Maybe we have a hard heart, not because of the worship uh, leaders or anything like that, but just because we're not in the right posture. I want to know what I'm singing. And I want to know when all of the nations are coming together, wouldn't it be cool if like part of our role was to actually, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this, Tom, if we could actually gather the nations so that they could start singing. Wouldn't that be a new little twist? Oh, yeah, hey, we'd like to gather you to Jerusalem. And well, we're, we're doing a worldwide choir. And you're singing, not because you're American. 
You're singing not because you're African. You're singing not because you're from uh, Australia. You're actually not singing because you're from Bangladesh. You're singing because the news is good. That's why you're singing. You're proclaiming his salvation that you and I have been set free from the sin and the death. Like, let's stop trying to make this message more than what it is. It's about him. It is truly about the king of glory. It's truly about the king of the earth. It truly is about Jesus coming back. And yes, what do you know? Because of what he did for us, you and I have been saved. So when you have faith in what he did, when, when you have faith in what he did, it goes to the green verse. Romans 10, 9 and 10. And this is our fifth and final word. It says, if you confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. One believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. Man, this sure sounds like a setup for a song. So if you actually say out loud, Jesus, I'm giving you my marriage because that's what I had to do with this couple. And to say, will you guys actually give up your marriage in the sense of like, it's not about you. It's more about how God wants to work through you for your marriage. They have some kids, younger kids. Hey, look, you're going to need the Lord to step in and help you with your parenting. How about finances? Yeah, they've been in some serious issues of, of different situations. Will you surrender it all? And if so, you will get life. I looked at both of them and I... I felt like this through discernment could really read them quite well. And I just said, let's pray. So the wife actually prayed and asked for forgiveness for how she had been treating him. And then he prayed. And as he prayed, he actually confessed and surrendered his life to the Lord. And that was on Sunday. What's cool about this whole story is, is I got a text from our church and text from somebody that's walking with a female. And we're going to baptize both of them this Sunday all because they have decided to surrender their life over to the Lord. Kevin, whenever there's a baptism and somebody says yes to the Lord, it's almost like the worship picks up. It's almost like people are are genuinely excited. Somebody went from death to life. So when you have this image, think about this, you guys. In Psalm 96, 1 through 3, sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to to Yahweh, praise his name, proclaim his salvation from day to day. In verse three, declare his glory among the nations, his wonderful works among all peoples. In other words, we must be singing to the Lord because of what he's done for us. All because of Jesus. In verse four, it says this, for the Lord is great and highly and is highly praised. He is feared above all gods. And so what you see is not only are you singing that the news is good, but as Wearsby says, you're now praising. There's a praise because our God, I like this language, our God is great. And you see this in verses four through six. It says, for the Lord is great and is highly praised. He is feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. In other words, it it actually means worthless. These things are nothing, things that are weak, things that are worthless. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. You know, there's a, when you do a study on this, 
they actually paint a picture of like God's glory residing and resting actually in Jerusalem, like in his sanctuary. And so now you're singing to him, all of the nations, and you're praising him because God's name is great in his sanctuary. And then it really continues on in verses uh, seven through nine. You're singing, you're praising, and then Wearsby describes it well, worship. The Lord is worthy. Verses seven through nine. So he says this, ascribe to the Lord, you families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to Yahweh, Scripture says, uh, the glory of His name. Bring an offering and enter His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Don't you love this constant imagery of all of the nations, all of the earth? Like, it's, it's Him. He is and will be the King of the earth. And then this is how it wraps up. There's a sing mentality, a praise mentality, a worship mentality. And then in verse 10, it says rejoice. Here it is. The king is coming. In verses 10 through 13. So say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly, firm, firmly, the world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. He judges the people Fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and all that fills it resound. Now watch this. Let the fields and everything in them exult. Then all of the trees of the forest will shout for joy. Before the Lord, here it is in verse 13, for he is coming. He's coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his faithfulness. What an awesome picture, you guys. The king is coming. Psalm 96 prophesies the king is coming. And we've got good news to sing about it. In fact, John MacArthur says the role of the Lord in describing he is coming is described not as the, as the present universal kingdom, as in Psalm 93, but one which will be established when Christ returns to earth. So I guess I have a simple question. Are we ready? Are we ready for the king that is coming? I guess for me, how do you get ready? It's pretty straightforward, actually. You sing. You praise him. You worship him and you rejoice because you're rejoicing because you know he's coming. So this is the mentality and I like this, Kevin. I have to tell you this because we don't know the time. We just know it's soon. In Revelation 3, verse 11. Revelation 3, 11 says this. I'm coming quickly. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> I love this image. I know Mindy might not have painted this, but... You hold on to what you have so that nobody takes what you've been given. Jesus is coming back. So how do I want to prepare? I want to sing. How do I want to prepare? I want to praise him. How do I prepare? I want to worship him. How do I prepare? I actually want to rejoice. Like this sounds like a simple little antidote. And guess what? It is. 
you actually had this understanding that the news is good, that our God is great, that the Lord is worthy and that the King is coming, I promise you, you would live like he's going to be here today. That's really one of the times, one of the pictures of time revived is to equip the saints so that you're ready. Kevin, Revelation 22, verse 12, if you would, please. Revelation 22, 12 says, Look, I'm coming quickly. And my reward is with me to repay each person according to what he has done. Jesus is watching. And at any given moment, literally, he's coming back. So let's start singing. Let's start praising the Lord. Let's start worshiping the Lord. And let's start rejoicing for his time is near. All right, guys, Psalm 96, 97. Have a great day. And let's continue to get ready. Thanks. Thanks.